genre. Hi everyone, welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are talking about the 1991 live-action Ninja Turtles sequel, The Secret of the Ooze, one Eric Trump look-alike throwing a smoke bomb minute at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Careful there. we're at that minute now. I am your host, Scott Toffee. With me, as always, is our turtle tank. That's Chris O'Connor over there. I work in concealment. (laughs) I'll say. Adam Sheehan. Hello. And Rachel Gatlin. Hi. Joining us for the second time this week from Downstate, everyone's favorite rock band, Mr. Justin Call. Hello. What's up, Justin? Not much. Not much except Ninja Turtles. Exactly. Right. It's the best thing to be up. Uh, So here we Uh, are talking about minute number, what did I say, 44? 44. 44. Happy Tuesday, guys. Yeah, it starts with, uh, you know, creepy looking Raphael peeking through kind of a window type thing. And it ends with another cloud of smoke. Guys, there's a lot of smoke bombs in this movie. Way more than there were in the last one. It's a where fun did, effect. Where did the uh, the thing of ninjas carrying smoke bombs start? I don't know. Start? Uh, yeah. Gee, I don't. I don't know. Like, uh, if there's any sort of like historical context for it, but like in movies, they they've been in the movie. I I, I want to say, um, did the ninjas in in the James Bond movie "You Only Live Twice"? I think they had smoke bombs. I honestly do. We'll have to ask uh, Brandon Warren. Did. My buddy Brandon's going to be on. He's a bit of a James Bond expert. He'll be on later this season. We'll ask him. I, but I, uh, I don't remember. Do you it's have a to... very it's a very Joker move. Yeah. Do you have to carry yeah. them in like in a padded bag or something? I, it doesn't seem like you can just something <laughs> you can hook to your belt and then bump yeah. into something. Yeah, especially yeah, since is- they throw them down, you know, it's like it's it's an impact device. It's like a little impact explosive. And so if you've got it in your little belt pouch and you get kicked by a ninja turtle, do you suddenly have like a little flaming smoke smoke bomb on your hip? That would be a really funny moment though, like getting kicked in your smoke bomb bag and it's just like <laughs> poof. It's like, oh my god, where did he go? Reminds me of this time a kid on my on my bus had a stink bomb in his backpack oh, and the same no. thing happened. He threw his backpack down on the floor and it exploded. Oh, that's yeah. no bueno. That was a that's long bad. bus ride. That's uh, that's karma bad. right there. <laughs> had to throw well, away anyway, that backpack. We- we might as well start from the beginning of the minute, and thank goodness we have Chris O'Connor here. Don't to we? Talk don't us we mostly the... start at the beginning of minutes? I sometimes we do. Well, let's start at the end. Okay. Well, yeah, you know we'll what? Backwards. Screw it, Justin. I'm with you. Let's start at the end. Let's keep talking about smoke bombs. So, how many of you <laughs> in your youth ever took a ping pong ball and was like, "Ah, oh, this is my smoke bomb today," and that was like your play, your play smoke bomb, yeah. like at the playground? You're like, "I have ping pong balls. This is my yeah, smoke definitely. bomb today." Psh, you can't see me. Smoke yeah. bomb. There's smoke everywhere. I'm going to escape under concealment. <laughs> when but in then reality, you can't see either. Like, I never understood that. Like, <laughs> how is it that only the person who threw the smoke bomb is the one who can see? In this it's not situation? a matter of it's not a matter of seeing. It's like it's it's the idea of like if you have the smoke bomb and you um, and you know you're going to throw it down, you're you're prepared for it. So you take stock of the situation and you know which direction you want to go and what you want to do. And so you throw it down at a moment that other people can't uh, – like they, they don't expect it. It's a surprise to them. It should catch them 
unawares and they're not prepared for the situation. And the idea is it's something that you're prepared for and they're not. So you throw it down. Nobody can see, but you know exactly what you want to do and what's happening. And I feel like if I was trying to escape using a smoke bomb, I would just immediately trip over my own feet. You might. <laughs> do you think that is a be... risk? That's a risk in any escape. <clears throat> would it be smarter to throw it at a person that you're trying to escape from? Uh, it de- I mean, it kind of depends on where you are. It, sometimes it, it, it might be a good way to go. And sometimes it might, you know, if they're, um, you know, if they're like out in the open and can can kind of get away while you're like sort of in an entryway or a hallway or a door or, or near something that you can either get behind or get inside or get under, like, you know, make a quick sort of disappearance, then, you know, put it on you instead of on them. When you said by a door or an entryway, the only thing I thought of was that video meme that was going around for a while this year of the people with the towels that were freaking out their dogs by like throwing their blanket <laughs> up and then like running away and their dogs were like, where the hell did you go? <laughs> Meanwhile, people did it with thing. cats and cats were just like, whatever. Meh. They're like, good, he's gone. <laughs> See, now that's a great scenario for having one of these smoke bombs on your belt. All those accidental, like the people that run into the doorways. <laughs> just smash the smoke bomb. These and I'm looking at it, and it looks almost like a light bulb when it hits the ground. So it's got to be glass, I think. And it's like a little glass chamber filled yeah. with various chemicals that react with the air. And I'm looking at like his form, and he does not throw it very hard. He kind of no. He like basically he drops duck, it, ducks as he goes down with it. So it, it almost looks like he just puts it down. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't doesn't take a whole lot. Like, I'm just going to put this here. So there were definitely accidents in this. There's actually a pyrotechnic charge under this mannequin, and this thing is just a distraction. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of mannequins, we've already talked about my fear of mannequins, but this one has a flat head, and I find it disturbing. It does have a weird flat back of the skull with no hair. It kind of looks like George St. Pierre. Who's that? Uh, Former UFC uh, welterweight champion. Oh, real fighting. I don't know anything about real fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Why does it have a flat head? He's probably meant to to wear a hat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And having a flat head probably helps facilitate wearing a hat. Yeah. Is it possible? It might be like deflated or something. I don't know. Is it possible they just salvaged him from the junkyard? Yeah, Yeah, that's also true. It's not like they bought a new new mannequin. Can you imagine? Hi, I'd like to place an order for one mannequin. Bring him with bells on. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll be there with bells on. (laughs) Literally. Bells on. I love that guy. All right. So as we're going backwards through this minute, bells on the mannequin. How many of you ever fantasized slash actually tried to do this, like remove the jingle bells without making a sound thing? Because I know when my mom put up our Christmas tree. I would constantly try to take the bells off of it without making a sound and fail miserably. Oh, I still I've definitely done it. I, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think still I do, ever, Justin. Every year. <laughs> it's like, this is impossible. I don't think I tried <laughs> to do, do this. I don't think I tried to do this specifically, but I do, I do know like I've, I've done sort of like exercises where I hold bells and try to move as quickly as I can without making a sound. Oh, this How was successful a... are you? Huh? I said, how successful are you? Not. Oh, okay. Justin, go ahead. Uh, this is something specifically that Zach and I did. This was a mainstay in the VCR growing up. 
there are there like videos of you doing this somewhere? Because oh, that no. would be awesome. No, none oh. of that. That would be Drat. a funny thing to do, though. Like, it's time to take everything off the Christmas tree, and you just throw a smoke bomb. <laughs> you know, this would be this would be sort of like a fun, like this would be kind of a fun party game, like a like a challenge, like you know, just just to see who can do it, like at at an event, just have like something set up, have bells on there, and just be like, can you take them without making a noise? Until the well, neighbors were- call the fire department. Well, no, right. no, 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 no. Like, like you don't not not even you don't even need a smoke screen. Like, just can you do it without like you know the added um, you know challenge of doing it with the smoke? Can you even take these? How quickly can you take these off without making noise? That's a game. Well, it, I don't have a bell in front of me, but I think if you hold the clapper next to the edge of the bell, you could probably grab it. Without making a sound, but those well, sleigh bells, though that's that's the that's tricky one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can't get at the little clapper doodad, the dangly it's inside bit there. there. It's all internal mechanisms, you and know? even then, it's going to rattle around in your hand. Like you're going to yeah. hear it. Like it's going to make like a spray paint can well, kind of sound. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit next minute because it Kino's not totally silent with this when we get there. But since we're moving backwards through the minute, this doesn't exactly make sense. Thanks <laughs> for this so idea, weird. Justin. This is so working weird. out really well. We should do this every minute, like <laughs> one minute at a time, backwards in reverse. In, you know what? Barefoot in the snow. Can I throw an idea out there? Turtles Three is a time travel movie. Let's do it with Turtles Three. <gasps> We're gonna work from the end of the movie to the beginning. Oh, these no, 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 no. Ah, no the minutes from far from front to to end, but each minute from back to front. There you go. Mm, I, well, whatever. We'll figure <laughs> we'll, it out. We'll talk about it. These fight scenes are um, much more impressive in reverse. Yes. This is amazing. So how many of you didn't realize that Eric Trump got his film debut in this movie? Oh, my God. Yeah, so the well, foot soldier I mean, that apart, is tasking apart Ernie Reyes the- Jr. through all of this, it's totally Eric Trump, right? It really looks like it. Like, you know, just that sort of slicked back. Greasy, um, kind of greasy hair. Yeah, um, and he's got kind of that same face shape. But also, you know, who else he looks like? He looks like uh, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, which uh, is to say little. that the sons of the president look like American Psycho. <laughs> Careful yeah. there. We might be getting political. It's true though. They do look <laughs> but like. That's, that seems like an insult to Christian Bale, though. Yeah, I don't think he that looks was like what Christian he was going Bale for. I, I, I think, I think he did that very much on purpose. That's, I, this is I the look. This is the look disagree. he wanted. I'm I'm kind of curious about this like sort of ninja trainers like story because he looks a little more put together than the other folks. And I'm kind of wondering like, did this guy come here thinking that he would like land an internship at Goldman Sachs and then like you know when that failed he's like, well I guess I've got to turn to ninja crime. I, I think he's just Shredder's goodest boy. I think he's just like uh, <laughs> one of the guys from the last movie that got left over, and he was like. The biggest one. Oh my god, do you think this is Aha Ninja? Do you think that's him? <laughs> no. I, I maybe? Is uh-huh. it the Aha Ninja? It's a big dude. I thought, I thought Aha Ninja was the chubby one. Yeah, I guess he was a little chubbier. This is so confusing. Uh-huh. I want to figure out who the yeah, Aha Ninja is. This guy's was. like a full head taller than Kino. You know I the mean, worst just- part is? Aha Ninja is clearly just some dude that ADR'd the aha sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and probably not at all the guy under the mask. That's yeah, the most probably like part. Mitchell and Sissy or, you know, one of the one of those guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's talk we about this fight scene. In. Kino's got this cute little training montage here. Chris, you want to walk us through this? I don't actually have to do this part in reverse, right? 
No, you can do it in <laughs> linear order because that would be really weird. Yeah, you know they're they're wearing the the hand and foot pads again. They're doing the uh, you know the sort of point sparring uh, style uh, contact here, and he's doing a lot of jumping around. He's very athletic, acrobatic. You know that guy like you know starts out with uh, this sort of a foot sweep, and like, he tries to reverse sweep, and Kino hops over it, and he does like a round jumping round off over it, and and he does like one thing that I just I I can't stand. He does like a, a jumping like hook punch. And he, and he completely whiffs it, and he's turned around. The guy's, like, looking at his butt and just pushes him. And I'm like, ugh, just never. Like, jumping when you punch is just the dumbest. There's, there's like, you know, these, sometimes people get away with the Superman punch, and that's, like, a good way to sort of, like, surprise somebody and get past their uh, their guard. But, like, if you're close enough to throw a hook punch, don't do not do that. That's awful. I mean, that guy's well, not that much taller than Kino. Um, he, does ha- he does have that little bit right after that where he kind of, like, punches the mat like he realizes what what a yeah, stupid move that yeah. was. And, and it's and it's a very like basic kind of stupid thing that bit where he gets like pushed over because the guy like pushes like the small of his back or his butt and just pushes him away and that is like something that you know and more experienced students will like that that's something that was done to me several times and it's something that I did to people a lot to to basically demonstrate like never turn your back on me like if, there there are a couple of moves you can do where you spin around but you have to do it very quickly um, and you know don't don't turn your back on somebody unless you actually have to. And when you do something stupid, like a big jumping hook for some reason, where you turn around and the guy's just like staring at the back of your head, um, you know, if he's a nice guy, he's just going to push you. So you're saying never lower your eyes to an enemy? (laughs) Sort of. Yeah, basically. Never lower your eyes to an enemy. Or turn around and show him your butt. I just noticed the chubby kid in the Hawaiian t-shirt or in the Hawaiian shirt with the uh, really impressive mullet. It's a very good mullet. Lots of mullets. Is that a Hawaiian um, shirt? I can't really tell. Does anyone else feel that Kino is maybe a little a too confident in this scene? A little. I mean, a little. He, he's definitely, uh, he's he's acting the part. Like, that guy, okay, so the guy, like, pushed him over. Kino comes up, and this guy runs in and does, like, a spinning back fist. And then Kino, like, blocks it, just grabs it. And then he does, like, this sort of, um, this sort of lead leg, uh, outside in like roundhouse like crescent to like the stomach it's like that's the weakest ah whatever ah whatever well i guess i'm coming from and anyone feel free to chime in on this i'm coming from you know kino is clearly a a skilled martial artist but he's also just like some teenage pizza guy he goes into this foot warehouse and he's like toying with some of these guys that he's facing to me you know, it, it always kind of struck me as a little bit odd that Kino was as confident in his own abilities as he was in this particular setting. Yeah, the bit, the bit where that guy like catches his foot and he go, and he does the little hand wave. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm just yeah. like, really, bud. It just seemed like that was a bit out of some other person's movie that they decided to throw in here. No. That was a move it, I tried to replicate so often as a kid. <laughs> and I always ended up like hurting my back. Yeah, well, like uh, I, I, I've done stuff like that in in training. Like uh, the, my favorite one was like somebody caught my caught my leg and did it up and I did like a big cartwheel and spun out. And that was great. But like as a little kid, like fighting on the playground, um, whenever whenever I would try to do that kind of thing, like somebody like, you know, grabs your leg or you, or they grab your kick and, and I would do that. Most of the time I'd whiff and it would just be like a silly miss. But every time I, I succeeded, it was awful because it's not like, um, it's not the sort of move where like when you're playing around with your brother or something, you can be like, we're going to fight half speed. I'm moving half speed. Except of course, eventually everybody goes full speed because you know, I'm just going a little faster. But 
when you try to do that, you can't do it slowly. And every time I succeeded in doing it, I kicked a kid in the head and it was like, you know, fourth grade playground. And I was like, oh, 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 crap. Don't tell, don't tell the teacher. Don't tell the teacher. Stop crying. You're fine. The playground goes on lockdown. Like, (laughs) it's like, Justin, how many, how many, how many fights have you been in in your life? Oh, not many. Not at all. No, no. All right. Do you have any martial arts background or anything like that? None whatsoever. But this uh, this kick that we're talking about, when he's got the guy's arm, I, I'm assuming he gets kicked in the face the way Hawaiian shirt sells it here. <laughs> <laughs> and he throws his head back. It is quite the reaction. I, I Look, Ernie Reyes Jr. is a fantastic martial artist. I think he's really good. He may not be um, acting. <laughs> no, he might no, actually be. Oh no, he's acting because his body is t- the the part that gets hit is turned away from the camera. It's it's he's he's definitely selling it. It's good. I love the bits of Raphael's eyes peeking in through the windows here, and there's some really good puppet moments in this where just the eyebrows are reacting and the head is turning certain directions. This is such a subtle bit of puppeteering because we don't get the full body. All you get is from essentially his snout up. And it's really up to the animatronic puppeteer to make this part work, and it's totally believable. I yeah. think it's really good. Yeah, and 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 just to 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 sort of finish off what you're saying about like his overconfidence and the fact that he's like sort of toying with these guys. It'd be one thing if these guys were in there sort of like uh, uh, hamming it up and sort of like swinging around bebop and rocksteady style, but everybody he's fighting is fighting the exact same way he does. They're all, you know talented martial arts stunt performers. So it's like he's not going in there fighting people that are that are just making stupid mistakes and like, you know, obviously can't move themselves and think <laughs> that they can get away with a John Wayne like uh, you know, the 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 big haymaker punch. Um they fight the same way and he's still just like, "No, I'm going to be great. This is going to be awesome. Woo, go me." So, you know, like sort of as a fight choreography kind of like telling a story sort of aspect of of the scene that is a little bit like it it strains uh credulity a little. A wee bit. I've just really been enjoying this crowd in this in this warehouse. <laughs> yes. The guy behind the kid in the Hawaiian shirt is wearing a beret. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Che Guevara. And a turtleneck? <laughs> get it? He, he is going to get... Oh, man. He's going to go to the poetry slam. <laughs> but hang on. That's not... He's not the only beret in this scene. If we do, upon closer examination, I am scrolling through now. So there is that guy. There is a girl with like a yellow and black striped beret at about four Tiff? seconds through. It might be Tiff <laughs> from season one. Tough Tiff. It appears that there is another guy with either a cabbie hat or a beret about six seconds through. I'm counting at least, at least three or four berets in this Foot Clan warehouse. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's great. How many berets? It's too many Enough. berets. It, I've said it so many Enough times berets. it no longer sounds like a word. Well no, like what was um what were what were like uh did they have did did some guys wear like berets in like the Warriors? I could swear there were like some sort of like late seventies, like mid to early eighties kinda um like uh exploitation thinking, like gang movies. The, uh, like, kinda like the Warriors, but like Well, there was the Guardian Angels in New York yeah, City yeah, who were the, the guys Angels. that protected the subways. And then they kind of had the red berets, and that sort of look—that that look of the berets—was kind of like in a, in a lot of movies in the '80s for like yeah, they, gangs. 
Yeah, they lifted that a little bit. So it, it, definitely an aesthetic of the time. What were you saying, um, Rachel? I, I was just going to say, I don't remember the beret being that popular. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I like, knew anyone like, who wore like one. Like it was kind of a kitschy thing that you had. Like I think when Blossom was on TV, it was popular for like those two years. It was just the kind you get at the second that was, It was popular with a very different crowd. <laughs> what kind of beret would that be, Adam? You know, the, flavor? A, a raspberry beret. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, I see what you did there. Yeah. Prince, who did the Batman soundtrack. Batman, who just had a crossover movie with Ninja Turtles. Boom. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> we got it. We got to get uh, John and Niall on the show. We got to do a crossover. I think that has to happen. Um, any other thoughts for this minute here, friends? Well, I want to point out at 13 seconds, again, with the Hawaiian shirt kid, there's a Foot Clan member holding a clipboard, and that is Daniel Pasina, who portrayed Johnny Cage. I think in the first two Mortal Kombat games. Wow. He was like the motion capture guy. Wait, you mean the games or the movies? The games. The games, okay. So he did all the photography for that. What was the year that the first Mortal Kombat came out? Was it 93? Something like that? 93 I want to say 92. Was Was it that early? Really? Quick, everybody Google. I just think that's amazing that they actually got real martial artists to fill in the background and do no martial arts in this movie. Oh no, that guy was that guy's probably on the stunt team. He's probably done a lot of like uh, sort of wearing the the Foot Clan, like any, a lot of the extras that you see in here, and a lot of the people that you see him like sort of trying out with. They're you know at some point they're also wearing a mask and getting beaten up by the turtles. All right, fair, fair. Yeah, October 8th, 1992, the first game was released. Wow. Huh. All right. That's a lot of Fatality. I thought it was later. American than that, parents though. freak out. Right. And to think they thought the first Turtles movie was too violent. <laughs> I thought insurance salesmen were pushy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that brings us to the end of this minute. Once again, you guys can catch Justin at Justin Call on social media. Take a listen to his band. Watch uh, watch some WWE and you know see the music there, and then you can catch us at TMNT see Minute all music. over social media. And Chris, why don't you tell them about our Amazon affiliate link? Oh man, our Amazon affiliate link is the best Amazon affiliate link you'll ever link. Uh, go to DuelingGenre.com/slash/Amazon and you'll be directed to wait. Ta- ta- yeah, slash Amazon. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Duelinggenre.com. You're going to go to Amazon anyway. The, the, the point is, like, none of us actually goes to the store. All of our main streets are dead. Nobody actually wants to go to Walmart because that place is evil. So you're going to go to Amazon. You're going to buy your stuff on there. It's the cheapest place to get stuff. And here's the deal. If you go to Duelinggenre.com slash Amazon and buy all the things you're going to buy anyway, the price is exactly the same, but a little bit of what counts as the profit goes to us. So it's almost like, you know, being a Patreon supporter of us without having to put up any more money than you were already going to spend anyway. So go to duelinggenre.com slash Amazon and buy all the crap you're going to buy anyway. All right. For the crew here at Ninja Turtles Minute, I am Scott. That is Chris, Adam, Rachel, and Justin. We will see you guys tomorrow for minute number 45. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. We work in Cowabunga. (laughs) 